Today's episode is brought to you by Nature's Menu, the UK and Europe's leading expert in raw and natural pet food. I'm Mel Sainsbury, resident veterinary nurse here at Nature's Menu, and I'll be bringing you all you need to know about looking after your pups. Welcome to the Pupcast. We know that pet parents want the best for their furry friends, but choosing the right food for your pet can often be overwhelming, with so many brands on offer and confusing labelling, making it really unclear exactly what your dog's food is made from. In this special episode of the Pupcast, we're delighted to welcome celebrated chef and presenter of Saturday Kitchen and Food Unwrapped, Matt Tebbett. Matt attended the esteemed Lee School of Food and Wine before working at some of London's most prestigious restaurants, so he certainly knows a thing or two about the importance of using high-quality ingredients in cooking. As a loving pet owner too, we'll be discussing how you should never settle for anything less than real food for your pets. Welcome to the show, Matt. Good morning, how are you? Very well, thank you, and how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good. Just getting ready good. for Christmas. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. So, we'll dive straight in. Um, obviously, with your experience and your history within sort of the food industry and things, we sort of wondered how much does using high-quality ingredients make a difference to both taste and nutritional value? So, in your experience, can you think of any examples that the listeners could identify with through their own cooking at home, maybe, for their family? I mean, essentially, I've always been a, a big sort of champion of, of sourcing well and buying the best you possibly can. I mean, if you do that, uh, and, you know, I know, I know a lot of chefs sort of bang on about it these days, but back in the kind of the 90s, I used to work under a chef who was all about seasonality. And there's a few simple rules you follow, really, if you want the best food is, is buy it in season, buy it. Uh, as close to you as possible uh, and buy the best quality stuff you can afford if you shop well and you buy the best quality things you can afford then you don't have to do a lot to it and it will always taste better than anything else you can get your hands on Oh, that sounds good. Um, We did some research at Nature's Menu, um, Mm. and interestingly, 53% of dog owners believe that the quality of the pet's diet is the most important factor when it comes to the dog looking and feeling its best. Do you think this can relate to human diets in any way? Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you know, you don't have to be a doctor to to realise that makes sense. If you put in good things in your body, it's going to have a good effect on you. Um, If you're just continually eating junk food and processed food and things like that, that's not going to be good for you. And in the same way as, you know, if you gave your pets sort of second rate food, they're not going to be at their, their peak form, are they? So, I mean, that just stands to reason. Mm, yeah 100 percent. I think um there was a, a bit of research that went on a few years ago I think wasn't there where a guy was it he ate McDonald's every day for a month or yeah. something and almost killed himself I think didn't he <laughs> really? it's absolutely I mean why anyone would would think that it wouldn't have a bearing on how how you behave how you think <laughs> how you react I mean all these things they all lead to us sort of you know living better lives living healthier lives Uh, and enjoying life more and why wouldn't that translate down to your pets Mm, yeah definitely and and funnily enough you're saying it translating down to pets um we found through the research that um almost 70 percent of dog owners 
say that they look after their dogs better than themselves which is quite surprising mm. really but I can I can kind I can of relate that. to it as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> so a third of our respondents also admitted that their dog eats better than them again something I can probably identify with yeah. um, so what pets do you have and what's your approach to choosing the right food for your pets I've got two cats uh, currently I grew up with dogs and I have to say I mean when I was a kid you know we had a dog that used to basically kind of it was a bit free range and it used to live outside <laughs> and what a dog ate in those days is very different to what dogs eat now mm. I mean they were almost left to, to fend for themselves and it wasn't the kind of the nurturing that goes on these days you know fast forward to, to these couple of cats I've got they're just brilliant they're great and I love them and it's really important the stuff you buy them and and then the other thing I've started to do is to change their diet and they seem to like that. I mean, you know, why would we eat the same thing day in, day out and still mm. be and still be excited about it? You know, you can see them coming in and they're, they're hungry and they wolf things down. But then you can see that sometimes they turn up and they're really they just look bored of the food. So I've yeah. started to kind of um, to swap things in and out and change things a little. Now, whether I'm making a rob from my back there, I'm not sure. And maybe I'm creating really fussy cats. But fact is, I mean, they, they look good. They look healthy. They seem quite happy and they keep coming back. So, I mean, that's always, a, that's always a good sign. They always a good off, sign. They haven't cleared <laughs> off to a neighbor's house. So they're obviously, they're all right. No, <laughs> I love I think... cats because they they're so uncompromising and they don't care. <laughs> exactly. I think, it, you know, if a cat doesn't like you, you pretty much know, don't you? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, dog, dogs are slightly different. They're more dependent and they're more needy. Cats. Mm. No, they don't yep. give a monkeys. <laughs> no, we don't need you. We can survive on our own. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you. It's interesting, actually, that you vary your, your cat's diet because so many people, especially my work in practice years hmm. ago, and we were programmed to tell customers that they shouldn't change their pet's diet. They should stick to the same thing day oh, in, really? day out. And now I just think, why would you do that? Well, exactly like you've just said, why would you want to eat the same thing day in, day out? Out. it must be so boring yeah. and then I think also like you say you're you're making trouble for yourself because on that day where the dog maybe does nick a bit of bacon off the plate or somebody does drop a hula hoop on the floor and the dog yeah. eats it if yeah. that's the, the most different thing it's ever had in six years of living on the planet then of course <laughs> it's going to upset its tummy you, you don't know yeah. what's going to happen so. I mean the thing we haven't spoke about is the fact that they're part of the bloody family aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> so why, they are. why would you why would you not treat them any differently than you yeah. would your own kids? That's that's the kind of uh, my sort of thinking. You know, you want them around. You want that that unconditional love, as it were. So why why do you then give them a sort of you know substandard diet? Mm, yeah, definitely. And having sort of a dry biscuit food every single day to me must be like mm. having two slices of toast and maybe sometimes you'll put a different topping on it. Mm. Most days you'll just have butter, but some days you, you might treat yourself and have a bit of Marmite as a different flavour. And to me, that yeah. must be what it's like eating dry biscuits every single day. Sometimes <laughs> it tastes a little bit different, but most times it's just dry old <laughs> Nature's Menu is dedicated to the health and well-being of its pets and yours. Discover the world of raw and more by visiting naturesmenu.co.uk. The Pupcast podcast is offering an exclusive 20% discount to its listeners. Simply enter Pupcast20 at the naturesmenu.co.uk checkout. 
we get asked an awful lot of questions at Nature's Menu about preservatives and exactly what's in the food. Um, do you think people ask the same of their own diets? I mean, I, I don't know anybody that works at a large supermarket, but I, I wonder whether they get the same sort of questions on their own products about preservatives and potential bad things that could be in these things they're buying. No, I, I honestly don't think they do. I think I think that in the human world, it's a very niche I mean, it's an expanding one, but I think it's a very niche thing to to actually want to know what's in your food, where it comes from, things like preservatives, additives, and all the things that are in there, whether you know they're in there or not. I mean, I've, you know, I've been involved in the food world for sort of nearly 30 years now, and there's still things um, that jump out at me in supermarkets. You go, do you know what? I've never considered that. I've never mm. thought that. And in, I mean, you mentioned at the top of the show, I do, I've been involved in a show called Food Unwrapped for a long time. And it draws your attention to all these different foods that you take for granted. And I think, and that's the thing with people, they just, you go to supermarkets and you pick up your sliced ham, you pick up your processed cheese, whatever it might be, your ready meal. And you just take it for granted that it's always there. And the reason it's there is because it has to go through a very rapid process to get to those shelves. So many things within the food world that we take for granted and that we don't fully understand what's, what's involved and what's in them. Mm, 100% I think it's convenience isn't it you grab it off the shelf chuck it in your trolley you don't really have time to think about it you just pay for it and off you pop but yeah yeah and then when you're at home and you're sat with your phone on the sofa with a nice cup of tea in hand and you suddenly think oh I wonder what's actually in I don't know Rover's food what's he eating and then you start delving into it a bit more but yeah I remember um a few years back I can't remember if it was a tv show or something that I was reading mm. um but there was a question about why a certain i think it was a vegetarian curry or something but it wasn't labeled suitable for vegetarians and when it was questioned <laughs> it turned out it was a dye that was used from crushing beetle shells or something yeah. really really random and you just think nobody's asking these questions nobody's going to the till at their local supermarket and saying well can you actually tell me what this preservative is exactly made of please? no exactly exactly <laughs> exactly i mean i mean that that reminds me of a story we did uh, on the show many years ago and it was what is the wax on lemons and the wax on lemons turns out to be shellac you know that the um, the stuff that goes into nail uh, varnish and things oh, like that wow. which which actually it comes from um, these tiny beetles which is scraped from a tree and mm. then they're processed and then they create shellac which then goes in to forming that wax that you have on your lemons which preserves them and we all like because it keeps the lemons mm. looking good and looking fresh for an extra week or so mm. so so yeah there are so many sort of hidden hidden things I don't want to say nasties because it, yeah. that's changed a lot I mean, it's not the 70s anymore. You can't just put fillers in food to pat it out. <laughs> I mean, the worst they can sort of pump it with these days is generally water. Yeah. Um, but very often there are, there are things within your food that you have no idea about. Mm. And, and I would have always sort of assumed that was the same for pet food as well. Mm, yeah and I think at the end of the day I think if you're if you're an honest company you want the best for them <laughs> I think and and like you say I think the process is so much more rigorous now um anything that goes into pet food is checked and double checked and made sure it's safe and researched and then it's reapproved um every so many months and mm. yeah there's a very rigorous process that goes through it so yeah it does it does astound me that people question their pet food so so much yet their own food if 
if you went around their, their house and opened their fridge, I think we'd be shocked at what we might find. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it's it's probably similar to to people and uh, and kids. I mean, very often I can see uh, the, the food that they try and feed their kids is is great and they're trying to be healthy and what have you. When it comes to themselves, uh, it's like, oh, I can't be bothered. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so for they kind of fall back on the on those kind of the run of the mill ready meals and stuff like that because it's quick because all the time and energy has gone into their kids. And I think very often you could see that with pets. Mm. Because, you know, very often the pets are loved more than either we like ourselves or we like our partners. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely can identify with that. So as we sort of, um, as we mentioned with labelling and honesty and transparency, etc., using high quality ingredients. So if we are choosing either pet food or even food for ourselves, um, mm. what would you suggest we sort of look for in labelling? Is there anything that should send the red flags up or should we just sort of accept? that everything's tested or, or how should we approach that do you think on a very basic level i'd say the less number of ingredients you've got on the back of a packet the generally the better i mean mm. i used to work with this this italian guy and he put it very succinctly and it's something that always sort of stuck with me and it was like if you pick <laughs> an apple from a tree it's at its very best as soon as you, you put that apple through a process and you take it to a factory you cut it up you're losing something if you then put that apple into a pie you're losing more. And if you turn that apple into something else, you're getting a fraction of what the original kind of, you know, qualities were. Mm. So, and that's the same with all food. As soon as you start sort of pushing them through processes, turning, trying to turn them into something else, I think it changes. We need to look at labels more generally. We need to look at the number of ingredients, the types of ingredients. We need to look at the percentage of, you know, if it's a meat product, how much percentage is in there? I mean, we're all very, you know, we all love bacon these days because of Bake Off. And so we all know the percentage of chocolate. I mean, you're going to stop most people in the street and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, 70%. But I bet you couldn't tell you what the percentage of a, I don't know, a, a standard meat pie is or something like that, mm. because we're just not in tune with that sort of thing. So I think when you look at food, you look at the the simplicity of the ingredients the quality i mean if they start flagging up scientific names and sort of all sorts of funny e numbers that we're not familiar with then it's it's a bit like okay maybe we should um, re- revisit this mm, yeah definitely and so like you say the less processing ideally the better isn't it i think in, yeah in absolutely terms. Nature's Menu is dedicated to the health and well-being of its pets and yours. Discover the world of raw and more by visiting naturesmenu.co.uk. The Pupcast podcast is offering an exclusive 20% discount to its listeners. Simply enter Pupcast20 at the naturesmenu.co.uk checkout. So lastly, within our research, we did see uh, that 47% of pet parents do sort their dog's meals before their own. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think is the easiest way for busy owners to ensure their pets are fed healthy, fresh and balanced food? Um, Because obviously it is convenient to grab a bag of dry food or it is convenient to pop open a can or a pouch and whack it on a bowl and just chuck it on the floor and let the dog get on with it or the cat get on with it. So Mm. how do you think people can make sure they're getting the the best food for their pets it's having it as as part of the the program day isn't it i mean you know i come down in the morning and uh i get leapt on by two cats who are, who are you know desperate for food so they get the food first before i mean i've only got my my son's at home still he's in still in school so i'll sort them out before i'll sort him out 
and then when he's sorted, I'll sort myself out. So, so that's generally the way it goes. It's but nice I, to know that, that our pecking orders are similar. So you always come right yeah. to with that pecking order and sort everybody else out first in the Basically. house. Basically. Including yeah. all the animals, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So anything else you want to have a chat about whilst we've got you, Matt? Because I know your, your special guest is a special episode of the, the podcast. So anything else you want to chat about before we let you go? Well, I mean... <laughs> During my my time on uh, Food and Wrap, going around various factories and farms and processing plants and what have you, there's been a few eye-openers where I saw slabs and slabs of fresh salmon. Very often you question it and you go, is that just for me? Is that just for the cameras? And it's not. And the reason I found out was because there was all this salmon in this factory because it was an order that was destined for a a catering company for humans. and it was knocked back because the um, the order was cancelled, because the function had been cancelled, and therefore there's there's pallets and pallets of salmon, which would be going to waste. So instead of going to waste or instead of going to landfill, it ends up in pet food. And the and I was amazed at the quality of these ingredients. And then the veg came in. The quality of the veg looked better than a lot of market stall veg. So I was really really pleasantly surprised about the quality of this food and the raw ingredients that goes into making pet food because you associate pet food on the whole with maybe you know some of those kind of -of run-of-the-mill pie factories that I've also visited (laughs) that people eat Uh, and you go oh I'm not sure I'd eat that but this was this was far and above better than than any of those uh, factories that I visited and also I mean we looked at uh, the raw element um, because I know this is this is a relatively new thing that people are going for raw pet food. I think there has to be something in it, personally. You know, we're talking about processing. The the less you do to a product, presumably the better it is for you. Yeah, no, definitely. And I can can 100% identify with you on that because it's, I think it's all about, like you say, non-processing, keeping it as natural as as you possibly can. I mean, these... Mm. These dogs and cats aren't designed to be eating burgers and chips every day or mm. standing in the wilderness cooking up a, a nice fry up for themselves. They are yeah. designed to catch and eat raw meat and raw prey. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and and definitely the, the factory aspect, as you say, I've visited quite a few pet food factories in my time at Nature's Menu and it is quite shocking to see a lot of the time these um, inadverted commas chunks of meat in jelly or chunks of meat in gravy those sorts of things Um, and when you actually see them or when you break them down in your fingers and they are just a paste because it's so many different types of meat that are all formed together like toothpaste and chopped up into chunks oh is that right Um, is that how it works yeah and it just it's it's and we all fall for it we all open a packet and go god that looks nice or that smells wonderful look at the size of those peas in that food and you kind of then when you actually sit down and think about it you think that can't be right I can't have meat that's the same shape in every single packet yeah. that I ever buy it's it's just not right well, that's, and that's and that's exactly the same as many factories I've visited I went to China to do a show and we we went to a factory where 3,000 pigs were processed a day and they were turned on that day they chose whether to turn them into pieces of meat or sausages mm. so and the sausages went from about an inch long to about a three foot long so they're all different shapes and sizes and you look at it and you go of course it's uniformed 
Uh, you know, it might taste quite nice, but of course it's uniformed because of the process it goes through. And yeah. that's now, you know, made it clear that that's, that's what happens in general run-of-the-mill pet food as well. I mean, it's yeah. exactly the same process. But then, you know, if we want to go to the supermarket and pick up pet food, it has to be there for a reason. It has to be quick to be on the shelves. Now, what's lovely is the fact that we've now got a choice whether we choose that or whether we choose something slightly elevated. Yeah, definitely. And I can honestly say, hand on heart, that after seven years at Nature's Menu, I'm still blown away when I go to the the factory and I I walk through and I see the deliveries and the pallets of fresh meat that come in and the massive, huge bags of blueberries that are taller than me and all the carrots that are there. And it's insane. It's absolutely insane. The quality of them, you just imagine for some reason you think pet food, it's going to be just a mushy mess and it's still going to be pretty horrible. But it's, it's lovely. It's actually really pleasurable walking through and seeing all the tall pallets and bags of fresh ingredients that we have and knowing that that's what I feed my dogs every day. It's really reassuring to see all that there. And there's also, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to factories. The also sort of the telltale sign of, of the quality of what goes into the food is the smell of the factory. Mm. <laughs> and I went to, uh, I visited a very famous um, meat pie factory in Argentina um, and it was possibly the worst smell I've ever <laughs> witnessed. It was like a meat sauna and it was not pleasant Ooh. at all. And then you go to pet food factories and they, you don't have that. Or, you, mm. you know, the high end pet food factories, you don't have that smell. It smells clean. It smells fresh. Um, it smells like a kitchen. Yeah, it is amazing. And I think until you actually see it for yourself, it, you don't you don't consider it in that way, do you? It's until somebody sits you down and makes you think about it that you actually realise what, what actually goes on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So thanks ever so much for joining us, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure to welcome you to this special episode of the podcast. Um, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Have you got any big plans at all? I can imagine Christmas dinner at your house is incredible. So are you in charge of all the cooking <laughs> this year? Um, I'm going to be doing quite a lot of it. And then we have family over for, for parties to use up everything afterwards. Um, and then I make left there's big sort of leftovers of leftovers and then I make something else and then we're left over with more it's <laughs> it's a continual kind of eating fest at Christmas really <laughs> um but it's it's always nice and it's always good fun but I'm always slightly excited that January comes and we can all calm down and I, and then you know and then eventually I can get out and have a really good Chinese which is one thing I miss over Christmas <laughs> <laughs> but I, I suppose yeah going into uh, Christmas New Year I mean you know we all overindulge I suspect that drips into um, into having pets because there's more family around people are slightly more relaxed about what they give their animals um, you know scraps off plates stuff like that it's all time for a sort of overindulgence maybe in January when you know things calm down and and we kind of take stock and look at where we're going in life and so we need to cut down on drinking and we won't eat this and we won't eat that then that's a good time to get people in you know if they're thinking about sort of changing their pets diets and they're kind of ramping it up to to being sort of generally a better diet that's the time to be to be looking at it I think you know if we're looking at ourselves why wouldn't you look at your pets diet as well 
Mm, definitely. I think we do it consciously or subconsciously, don't we? We all have a bit of clean eating during January. So, yeah, why not include your pets in that plan as well? And yeah, absolutely. Start, start having a look at what you're actually feeding your pets every day. Good idea. Good idea. So if you enjoyed our episode, please do leave a rating and a review and let us know if there are any subjects you'd like us to cover in future episodes. And once again, thanks ever so much for joining us, Matt. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks very much. Nature's Menu is dedicated to the health and well-being of its pets and yours. Discover the world of raw and more by visiting naturesmenu.co.uk. The Pupcast podcast is offering an exclusive 20% discount to its listeners. Simply enter Pupcast20 at the naturesmenu.co.uk checkout.